You're listening to a message from Gateway Church Geelong. We hope it blesses you. For more information about Gateway, visit gc.org.au. Good morning, good morning. How's everyone doing today? It's good to, good to see you here today. Good to have you in the house of God. It's great to have visitors with us as well. I won't embarrass them this morning by highlighting them, but it's great to have you with us. Great to have you with us. Pentecost Sunday. How good is it to be in the house of God on Pentecost Sunday? You know, uh, what I love about celebrating Pentecost Sunday is this, that we're not celebrating a mere historical moment. It did happen in history, but it's not a mere historical moment. It resonates through the generations. It's resonated through churches for generations. We are celebrating the moment that Jesus sent his spirit after he after sent his Holy Spirit after he ascended to heaven. Amen. So he goes to the cross, resurrected, and offers salvation to the world. Offers this moment of forgiveness of sin that for everybody, once and for all, for always. And then he sends the beautiful gift of the Holy Spirit. And it says this in, in John 16, verses 7 to 13, uh, 11, it says this, But in fact, it is best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the advocate won't come. He's talking about the Holy Spirit here. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And, and when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and the coming judgment. The world sinners that refuses to believe in me Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. And judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. In this passage of Scripture, Jesus promises an advocate. Promises an advocate, the Holy Spirit. And for those of you who don't understand that word advocate, the Holy Spirit advocates on our behalf to Jesus and God the Father. So I'm alone in this world. Oh, no, you get the Holy Spirit dwelling within you. The Holy Spirit advocates to Jesus and God the Father on your behalf. See, this advocate also is an advocate that convicts the world of sin and convicts followers of Jesus of our righteousness that we're called to. We're going to get into that a little bit later. See, an advocate who guides us and directs us into all truth, an advocate that speaks the purpose and destiny of God straight from Jesus and from the Father. We have a direct connection to God's words, to God's spirit. And see, the gift of Jesus doesn't just stop here. Let's let's look to the screen this morning. One of the earliest accounts about Jesus of Nazareth, his life, death, and resurrection, was written by a man named Luke. We know it as the Gospel of Luke. But Luke continued the story in a second volume. Called the Book of Acts. And it's all about what Jesus continued to do after his resurrection. Acts begins with the disciples who are hanging out with Jesus, who's just come back to life, which is mind-blowing to imagine. And then for weeks, the risen Jesus kept teaching them about his upside-down kingdom, the new creation that he launched through his death and resurrection. This is exciting stuff, and the disciples are ready to go tell the world. But then Jesus tells them to wait and to stay in Jerusalem until they receive a new kind of power so they can be faithful witnesses 
witnesses to Jesus and his kingdom. Then he says that their mission is going to begin in Jerusalem, then move out to Judea and Samaria, and then from there out into the nations. It's like a road map for the whole book of Acts. Then the disciples saw Jesus enthroned as king of all creation. So the disciples wait, wondering when this power is going to come. And then comes the time of Pentecost. So this is an ancient Israelite festival it's during the early summer. And thousands and thousands of Jewish pilgrims would come back to Jerusalem from all over the world. All these different languages and cultures colliding in the city. And the disciples are together in a house which is suddenly filled with rushing wind along with fire. Fire splinters off into tongues of fire hovering over people's heads. What's this all about? Yeah, so Luke is tapping into a repeated Old Testament theme. When God's presence showed up similarly at Mount Sinai, he made a covenant with Israel and gave them the Ten Commandments. Then later, when God's glory came in a pillar of fire, it filled the tabernacle when he came to live among them. But that was just one pillar of fire, not many. Exactly. Luke's making an important point here. This is God's personal temple presence, God's spirit that was foretold by Israel's prophets. And now it's come to take up residence in the new temple of Jesus's body, that is, his people. They've become little mobile temples where God now dwells. And they start to tell stories about Jesus, but they're speaking in languages that they didn't know before, yet all the visitors can understand them. What's this all about? Well, Peter gets up to explain that this is the fulfillment of Israel's hopes based on the scriptures. God's plan was always to use the unified family of Abraham to bring peace and justice to the world. But the tribes of Israel had been scattered because of the exile. Now here at Pentecost, representatives from all of the tribes come back together and they're introduced to their Messiah, the crucified and risen Jesus, so they can now become the restored people of Israel. And thousands of them start following the way of Jesus. Which brings us to Luke's tale of two temples. So you've got the temple that Herod built in Jerusalem, where Jesus' disciples worship like the rest of the Israelites. But now there's also Jesus' temple, which consists of people. This temple's meeting together in homes all over Jerusalem, and they were approaching life in a radical new way. Right, think about it. Many of these pilgrims aren't even from Jerusalem, so they formed these new families, and they're all depending on each other. Yeah, people would sell their stuff, provide for the poor among them. They ate their meals together. They said their daily prayers together. They were learning from the apostles what it meant to live as if Jesus is the true king of the world. How good is it? A moment in history that fulfilled prophecy that has resonated for generations. Such a powerful revelation of God sending his Holy Spirit. In fact, God sending his presence to fill the church. Who's the church? It's you and I. God sending his presence to fill you and I, for his fire to burn, for his power to be at work in us and through us, for his fire to be a beacon light through us to the world. Amen. So we talk about a city on a hill, a lamp that cannot be hidden. When the fire of God burns inside of you, God puts you in a place to display his presence and his power to the world. See, Pentecost is the day that his presence dwelt in the new temple. In you and I. Maybe you've heard this before. Maybe you're hearing this for the first time. What I, what I love in you know, what we've seen in that video is one of the key things that Jesus said in Luke 24, 49 was, and now I'll send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised, but stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. 
sometimes there's a waiting that each and every single one of us need to adhere and apply in our lives. You know, who, who knows in like this moment in history, like if you can't get it quick. I mean, Maccas used to be quick. But now a new movie comes out and it pops up on one of the 8 million streaming things that you've got on your TV. And let me tell you, if your internet is running slow that day and that circle starts to like the outrage. It's like, who, whose fault is it? I'm, my internet's with a company called Mate. I'm like, mate, what, what, what is going on? Sometimes we have to learn to go back to the ancient practices and learn to wait. We need to learn to wait in the presence of God. So if you want the Spirit of God to come and fill you, if you want the Spirit of God and His fire to dwell in you and the power of the Holy Spirit, you have to be prepared to spend time being with Him. It's like, Lord, I'm just on my way to like work or I'm just rushing to play a game of basketball. Can you just come and... We've got to be prepared to put aside some time to be with him, not rush to do other things, not rush to be somewhere, to, to do things for him, to plough through a, another season of Netflix. We need to be, be with him. Your encounter with Jesus is on his time. Your encounter with the Holy Spirit is on his moving. Stay in the city. Stay close to home base. Stay close to your brothers and sisters. They weren't isolated and individualised. They were together as the Holy Spirit had called them to be together. And so our encouragement to us is let's be together. Don't isolate. Be together and call on God to reveal himself, to minister a fresh move of the Spirit that refines your spirit with God's fire. Who, who needs some refining in this place? Let me put both of my hands up. I still need some refining in my life, in my head, in the way that I think. Amen. You have to be prepared to, to be with God, to rely on God, to hunger and thirst for Him, to dwell with Him, to, to exercise patience and persistence in His presence. It's for a daily renewal, a weekly renewal that refines our minds. Why? Because we want to be stepping into our righteousness so that He's called us to Him. And when we, we got saved... He made us righteous and holy because he came and dwelt in us. I want more of that. I want to step into that daily. I don't want to look like the same person they looked like 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Maybe even like my wife would say, seven days ago, mate. Like. <laughs> let, let me tell you a little bit. I've got a story. I want to tell my story from a couple of weeks ago. Um, for those of you who are interested, just like look at your phone. Um, for those of you who are really keen, hang in there with me this morning. No, no, I'm not going to look at my phone. Everyone's going to see me look at my phone. So last month, I was, um, I was able to travel to the Gold Coast. And I was up there for almost a week. It was mainly uh, like time suffering for Jesus like on the Gold Coast. Um, primarily like wearing a t-shirt and shorts. Um, whilst Melbourne lived up to winter and autumn. Um, Really, the reason for going to the Gold Coast was this. Uh, we went up to the Queensland to, to, to the Gold Coast to go to the Australian Christian Church's National Conference. And it was a moment for pastors from all over Australia to come together, meet together, just get a fresh passion, a fresh vision of what God's doing within our movement and what God wants to do within us and our local churches. And uh, 
during, during the conference, I could feel God's presence drawing me, wanting to, wanting to speak to me, wanting to minister healing and call me to, to help me step further into the righteousness that he has for me. And there, there came this moment during conference and uh, it was a moment of response. It's like, this is your moment to respond to what the Holy Spirit wants to minister from the very heart of God for you. And uh, I, I just, I responded quicker than I've responded to anything before. I just stepped out of my seat and went down the front. I was just, as I was in this moment, no one prayed for me. No one put their hand on my head. It was just me and the Holy Spirit. And I heard words in my spirit, words of freedom, words that were breaking off fear, words that released hope, words that released promises and power and belief for what God wanted to do. See, I went to conference not really knowing that I needed a move of the Spirit, a fresh move in my heart. See, the conditions were favourable. I'd assembled myself together to be in a place with brothers and sisters in Christ and wait on God. The conditions were favourable. The wind of the Spirit was moving. The Spirit wanted to reveal a fresh impartation of God's words. My key was waiting in His presence. Not being in a rush, simply waiting until God spoke and moved. See, it's as true today as it was 2,000 years ago. Staying in a space, waiting in a space for God to speak and move. When was the last time you put yourself in a place? You don't have to answer out loud because that would be embarrassing. But when was the last time you put yourself in a place for the Holy Spirit to minister? Waited on God, allowed the Spirit of God to minister the words to your heart that He's heard from God the Father and Jesus, to minister healing, to minister reconciliation, to minister kindness to your heart in the middle of grief, to minister a word to your spirit that He's going to call your children back to salvation, a word of Confidence that holds the keys to what seems so locked up right now. A moment for his provision to open, the floodgates of heaven to open in a moment where I said, God, I need your provision. When was the last time? I want to encourage you today. Today is the time. Today's the time. Don't let it go another moment longer. Don't try and soldier through another day. Don't try and just, I'm just going to weather it. Here's... How you going? I'm doing, I'm doing awesome. I'm doing so, I'm doing a mate. No, no, no. Let's, let's put ourselves, today is the day. Today is the time. Today is the moment of staying in his presence to cool heaven down. Don't leave until God speaks. Don't leave until God moves. See, this, this power that's released through Pentecost, it's today and it's for you. Don't listen to anybody who says, oh, I was meant to be for 2,000 years ago and then it stopped. Like, don't undermine Jesus going to the cross. Don't undermine Jesus sending his spirit to be with us and advocate with us and be with us. See, Pentecost is for purpose. Salvation was for a purpose, to restore mankind back to a relationship with God. 
to no longer be under control of sin, amen. But Pentecost is for a purpose too. For his presence to dwell in the temple is the first one. The Holy Spirit, God's presence to dwell in your temple, in you. And the second thing that Pentecost's purpose was for is to be filled with power to witness. You had me with the first one. That's awesome. Like God's presence dwelling. But, but witness? Like I, first of all, I don't own a milk crate, so I can't take it down to the centre of town. You know, if you've got a milk crate, I just want to encourage you just to like put it into the recycling bin. Witnessing. Witnessing the power of witnessing one-on-one, of being with people in their, their most challenging, difficult of moments and bringing the light of Jesus, the hope of Jesus, a word of the Spirit that encourages them, lets them know that God loves them. That's the witness that God's called us to be to be on display. See, Pentecost, it gives us the power to witness and go. So when accepting Jesus as Lord and Saviour, many of you know this, but if it's the first time you've heard it, when we acknowledge that we're with sin and the only cure, the only antidote for that sin is to accept Jesus and Lord our our Saviour and accept that Him going to the cross, that's why God sent Him to be a sacrifice for our sin. See, when we do that, he comes and he dwells in us. You're made a temple of God to dwell in. You're empowered when the Holy Spirit comes and fills you. There is an infilling of the Holy Spirit. His fire comes, the wind blows. It's an empowerment to accomplish what he has called you to accomplish. See, his message to the disciples at 120 is stay until you're filled with power. See, what happens when... The Holy Spirit fills them with power. They're empowered to fulfill the prophetic word that Jesus spoke over them. Acts 1 verse 8. I've heard it before, Pastor. Let's hear it again fresh. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. So the power to dwell in us and it's to be witnesses. Amen. Telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of of the earth. Pentecost presents the, day, presents the day that Jesus sent his power, his presence to come upon people for you and I. It's almost really like atmospheric, whatever that thing was. It's, it's powerful. I'm like, not yet, Bevan. It's not yet. It's not time for the music. Pentecost represents the day that Jesus sent his power and presence to come upon and in his people. Let me say these things over us today. The the power of Pentecost is the infilling of God's presence. The power of Pentecost is God's power for you and in you. The power of Pentecost is for going. The power of Pentecost is for the outpouring of God's Spirit. The power of Pentecost is to be a witness for Jesus. That's why I love this day so much, just to be reminded of what, what is the reason that we celebrate Pentecost 50 days after? See, Jesus prophesied that when his spirit comes upon you, you receive power. We've, we've heard it in the scripture. See, when power comes upon you and you can be a witness, you will speak to your city. You will speak to your neighbours. You will speak to your family members. You'll speak to people beyond our city. You'll be a witness wherever Jesus causes your feet to tread, whether that's here, 
within Victoria, Australia or outside of the borders. When you're filled with power, Jesus makes it possible. See, let, let these, this scripture invade your heart. Let the words of Jesus ruminate in your heart. See, our minds can be so often filled with other things which we ruminate around. It's like, oh, I've got to do that. I've got to mow the lawn. I've got to pick up the dog poo. Like the things that ruminate in our heads, like, we're like, oh, I, that's right. I was meant to do that. I'm just, every, every day I come home and I look at the doors in my hallway. It's like, <laughs> who knows that doors weren't made to be lent against walls? I've had that revelation, Naomi. It's okay, like, they, will, they will get dealt with. Those things that ruminate. Let the Spirit of God, let His words, His Scripture ruminate in your spirit to invade your heart. Let this transfer, this exchange of power upon you happen. That It anoints you to share Jesus and be His witness. To join Jesus on the mission. To invite others to find Jesus. To, to give an invitation for salvation. So I don't know how to do all those things. Yeah, but you've got one of these cards. And I guarantee you that when you invite a friend or a family member or someone you meet to church, I'm going to make sure that the gospel presentation is so simple. It's like, I get why Jesus came. I get why I need him. He's the answer that I need. See, where, where has God called you to influence? It could be in your suburb, your school, your home. Maybe you should have said that one first. Where's God called you to influence? In your home, in your uni, in your peer group, in your business, in your city, your state, your nation, wherever God calls your feet to tread. We are called to different areas of influence. Each one of us will set our feet into different spaces. Where you can go, I can't go. Like where you can, I can't go where, where you can go. Like Phil, you're in the area of business. Your feet can go where my feet can't go. I can't even speak their language. I, I, all I can say is dollars and cents. <laughs> Lana, in the world of paramedics, you, like you, your feet can tread. I, I don't want my feet to tread where your feet tread. But, but God has called you for it. Where you can go, amen. Trent, he's called your feet to tread on turf. So I could work where you work, but I don't have the expertise. And your expertise opened doors to minister into the hearts of people. Whatever your area of expertise is, God will call you to influence the spaces that you're called to. See, as we come towards the end of the word today, I, I, just, I just want to encourage each and every single one of us with, with this, these scriptures here. See, Acts 2 verse 2, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. All the believers were meeting together. In, we, should, we shouldn't shirk the responsibility of meeting together as often as we can as followers of Jesus. There are other things that may seem more important, but there is nothing more important than the church of Jesus meeting together. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven, like a, a roaring mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. And then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared to settle on each of them. And everyone was present, was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. This, this here is as relevant as it was 2,000 years ago as it is today. Amen. We heard earlier in the video that this was the moment that God identified the new temple where heaven would meet earth. The church, God's people, were his new dwelling place. 
See, why, why is it so important today to be reminded of that Jesus spent, sent the Holy Spirit 2,000 years ago? It reminds us that God would choose anybody who would call upon the name of Jesus. God would dwell in anybody who would call upon the name of Jesus and be willing to wait on him. He would pour upon them the power of the Holy Spirit to empower them to be his witnesses. This morning, just as we come towards a close, I, I want to give you this opportunity, this moment. If you don't know Jesus this morning in this place, if you've been walking your own journey, following what your heart wants to follow, but you know that Jesus is calling you back into a relationship with him, whether it's of the first time or whether you've been doing your own thing for a while, I want to give you the opportunity to receive salvation. It is the most important thing to receive first. You can't receive the power and the Holy Spirit filling you unless you first have salvation. That's the pathway to salvation is Jesus. So just with everyone's eyes closed for a moment, I just want to give you this opportunity, whether you're watching online now or at a later time or whether you're in the space in the room right now. If that's you, you're like, I, I need Jesus. I need salvation. I need to be saved. I acknowledge that only Jesus can save me from my sin. Good works won't do it. Helping people won't do it. Burying myself in other things, that definitely isn't going to do it. So if that's you today, I just want to give you this opportunity in a moment just to pop your hand up and say, yeah, that's me. And once you've put your hand up, you can put it back down. But if that's you today, on the count of three, this is your moment to say, yeah, I, I need Jesus. One two, three. If that's you, why don't you just pop your hand up. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Just with our eyes closed for a moment. Right, we're going to pray a prayer of salvation. The Bible says that anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. In Romans 10 verse 9, it also says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So I'm going to ask you to pray a prayer after me. I'm going to get the whole church to pray it with us. But if maybe, maybe you were a bit afraid to put your, your hand up, but as we've already heard today, God's interested in hearts. God wants to heal hearts. It's not about hands, it's about hearts. So pray this prayer as if your hand has gone up. Amen. When you pray after me, dear God, I thank you that you sent Jesus to forgive my sin. I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that you raised him from the dead as a sacrifice for my sin. From this day on, I choose to follow you I surrender my heart to you. I surrender my life to you. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. I um, strongly felt this week, and even God was even speaking to me again this morning, just there were things that He wants to target some hearts in this space to see you set free. I um, spoke before at the beginning of the service about the Holy Spirit was sent as an advocate. In John 14, 26, when we hear the word advocate, we may think of many things. Depending on what 
field of life we're in. You hear someone talk about an advocate, you might think about a buyer's advocate. You might think about a legal advocate. You might think about a social advocate who advocates for social and physical and emotional well-being of individuals. But from a scriptural point of view, what does the word advocate actually mean? From a scriptural point of view. John 14, 26 in the Amplified Bible says it like this. But the helper, comforter, advocate, intercessor, counsellor, strengthener, standby. This is the biblical interpretation of the word advocate. The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, in my place, to represent me and act on my behalf. He will teach you all things and He'll help you remember everything that I have told you. See, the Holy Spirit is more than just someone who advocates for an individual's circumstance. The Holy Spirit is a helper, a counsellor, a comforter, a healer, a strengthener, advocating the heart of the Father to you and for you. I, I felt, felt this, this is going to sound pretty like strong this morning, but I felt this this morning. It's for multiple people in this space. How much longer are you prepared to hear no evil and see no evil because your soul is advocating for sin rather than the Holy Spirit advocating on your behalf for the Holy Spirit to come and set you free from those things that hold you bound? There is power here this morning to break those things off your life. Your soul doesn't have to lead you anymore. Your soul doesn't have to advocate for those sinful practices anymore. For those things that deep down you know you shouldn't be doing, but your soul advocates powerfully for you to step into those sinful practices you know, sometimes you, you hear me say this, like, oh, pastor, I, it's okay. Like I, I, like I haven't stepped out of my wife or I haven't stepped out of my husband. I, I, no, I'm not, yeah, it could be something big. But sin, the simple, the simple things, like the way we talk to our kids, our, our soul advocates so strongly that we can't let go of the generational practice that have been passed on. The simple things, looking at things that you shouldn't be looking at hanging around with people that you know you shouldn't be hanging around with, putting yourself into relationships and circumstances that you know that God, that's not part of God's best fit, God's will for your life. But it's the only thing that brings me comfort right now. God sent the comforter. Are you prepared to wait to be comforted? Are you prepared to wait amongst brothers and sisters for the advocate to release comfort and healing from God the Father. This isn't a whack. This isn't a hammer. This is God's heart going, would you come and let me move? Would you come and let me set you free? I haven't called you to operate in that anymore. It's time to make some changes and live to the righteousness that I've called you to, not to the sin that I've set you free from. The Holy Spirit's the power that you need. The, the counsellor is what you need today. So this is what I know. I know this to be true personally because I had to go through this. A good counsellor asks hard questions. Has anyone ever been to a counsellor? I've been to a counsellor. I went for a long time. I needed much longer than most people. <laughs> a 
good counsellor asks really, really hard questions. They're never prepared to leave you in the status quo of life because they know there's some freedom as you, as you answer the question and you're empowered to actually walk out the other side of it. So a good counsellor doesn't just leave you with a question. They don't leave you there. They guide you towards freedom and victory. This is what the Holy Spirit wants to do. You're like, you're like oh, I've waited in the presence before. And he started to talk to me about things that I didn't really want to hear about. The Holy Spirit, the advocate, will put his finger on things that you don't want to talk about. Past things, present things, circumstances and relationships that you've like gone head first into. It's like, whoa, whoa, steady on there. The Holy Spirit wants to guide you towards freedom and victory that you need over sin, over hurt, over any other affliction that you may have experienced. So this Holy Spirit, this advocate that wants to comfort and heal and guide is the same Spirit that dwells in you. Same Spirit that dwells in you. It's one thing I know. There are promises, scriptural promises that God wants to release over people. So you may have heard those promises before, but it's so many things have happened. That's like, that just seems like a lifetime ago. That seems like so many challenging, horrible things have happened since then. God wants to bring it to your heart afresh. He wants to revive the promises. I was thinking yesterday, it's like, you know, you know when you've been in, a, in the presence of God, you've been praying together with other believers, or God comes and just, just ministers to you and worship. And you, you can literally feel that God does something in your spirit. You can feel the flame start. It's like, I feel the presence of God. Maybe you might feel it a different way. You might... You might feel it in ways that just brings deep joy. Like whatever you, however God ministers to you. But then you know that when you haven't been in that place where God can speak to you a bit, it's like just, the flames kind of like just dwindle a little bit. And you wait a bit longer and it's like, it's like oh, there's, a bit of, there's a bit of embers there. And you wait a bit longer and then there's just like some old smoke that's just, and then maybe you wait too long and it's like, I can't, I can't even see any coal left over anymore. It's like it's so long ago that I need a I need a fresh move and a fresh invitation of God's presence. The Holy Spirit wants to come suddenly this morning and minister to hearts. A fresh encounter. A fresh encounter. Be it the first time for an encounter, be it maybe running on empty. <laughs> But if you're needing fresh, fresh clarity, if you're needing direction, if you're needing a renewed conviction of his plan and purpose for your life, the righteousness that he's called you to, let the Spirit of God release heaven in your heart this morning. Heaven wants to meet with earth. Heaven wants to meet with you today. Let the Spirit of God come and lift weights off. You're carrying burdens that you were never meant to carry carrying hurt and pain that you were never meant to carry. Holy Spirit wants to minister to you today. Let the Spirit of God minister healing and, and break generational issues. I'm not going to list all the issues because I don't want you to be like, oh, you didn't say the one that's my problem, so it's not an issue. Generational issues that are passed down. Holy Spirit wants to come and break them off you today. Held your family bound for way too long. Have held you bound for way too long. It's time for secrets to be broken. Family secrets, it's time for them to be broken. Freedom is yours today. 
I want to encourage you. Will, will you wait in His presence? Will you step in? You know, those issues that have caused shame and guilt to control you and control your heart. God wants you to set you, set you free from pride and guilt. God wants you to set you free, free from shame. He wants to set you free from self-confidence issue and self-pity. God wants to set you free from anger and self-condemnation. What does He want to release this morning in your heart? And this is the good news. Peace, healing, humility, being empowered for purpose and feeling like you've actually got the power to do it. Godly confidence wants to release encouragement and exhortation to your spirit, wants the gifts to flow in your life today, that healing power, that miracles would flow into bodies today. This is what we're going to do this morning. I know we've gone a bit over time. It just depends on whether you're prepared to wait this morning. So this is what we're going to do. We're just going to put a song in in a moment. And we, I just don't, don't feel like you've got to sing along. Just wait in the presence of God. And this is all I want you to utter to heaven this morning. Holy Spirit, come and move. That's all I want you to utter to heaven. And then just wait on Jesus. We're just going to allow a moment for the Holy Spirit to minister to our hearts. Amen. Don't worry about all those other things I've just talked about. It, that's going to come. Just let the Holy Spirit move. Look, just close your eyes for a moment. We pray that that message was a blessing to you. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, first of all, congratulations. We think that that is incredible. And secondly, if you go to gc.org.au forward slash first steps, our team has put together some resources as well as there's some information there for how you can get in contact with one of our pastors because we'd love to encourage you and connect you into the life of the church.